Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. All this week we've been talking about standing on the rock, and that is the promises of the Word of God. Today we're going to talk about the promises of God and answered prayer. It's good to know when we go to the Lord in prayer, it's not an if situation. Maybe it'll come to pass. We know from the Word of God in simple faith that what we ask for, we're going to receive. Sounds great, doesn't it? Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. This is number five, the last one in our series of Standing on the Rock. The Rock is the Word of God. And today we're going to talk about the power of the Word of God mingled in with prayer because boy, does it add power to prayer. There's prayers of worship and thanksgiving and good things like that. But there's also when you add the word to it for specific things that the word guarantees you're going to have it. Well, we'll get to the word of God here in just a moment. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter seven. This is our opening verses, verse 24 through 27. And at halftime, you'll find out how you can have the series called Standing on the Rock that I've been teaching here. And you can listen to it in the car, you can listen to it at your home, uh, in your private times, whatever, you can listen to them and just go back over things that have been said. And then again, you can take notes for yourself and grow in the things of God. In the meantime, uh, I get praise reports that come in. And uh, this one came from Latasha. And Latasha says this, apparently I was teaching on something she's never heard that many people teach on. And she just simply says this, thank you for teaching on this topic. I like to take topics no one else has taught on. You know why? Because so many people say, well, that's just a really difficult topic. We don't get into it. I don't find things in the Bible difficult. Once you get past the uh, point of understanding exactly what's being said and what the answer means, and all of a sudden things become simple. And I like to take complicated things and make them simple by the Holy Spirit, because I don't have that gift alone in me. No, others have that gift too, but I love it when I hear even other ministers bring up something that I thought, well, that's a difficult subject, but by the end, they made it so simple. That's what my desire is. So again, Latasha, thank you for writing this in. Also, um, DA, and DA says, thank you again, Pastor Yandian, for such precious, sound, and valuable teaching. This is unadulterated truth. Well, thank you for that. It is unadulterated truth. You know why? It came from God. And so again, thank you for writing these things in and let me know. Listen, if you want to, if I touch on something, go ahead and write in and you can do that. And uh, you can uh, email it into us and uh, you'll find that uh, information there on our website. And so again, thank you. We also have an open mic and I'd love you to just write, go on there and keep it about, you know, seven, 10 seconds, something like that. Say, thank you. Love what you've been teaching on or something like that. So anyway, if you want to do that, we'd love to have your voice on there and uh, just to hear what you have to say and put it on the broadcast too. I'll delete your name so nobody will be seeking after you. But anyway, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, and uh, find there, again, the scripture we're talking about. And also, for those of you that would like to become a partner with me, I would love to have more partners. Partners I have are wonderful, and uh, they can turn the world upside down once they add themselves to me. And we have a purpose that's with the Word of God. But if you'd like to join them, please do so. On my website, you'll find a place where you can become a partner with me in prayer, but also in giving to where you put your finances in on this because you know why? Your finances help to win others to Jesus, make disciples of other people, love to have you join with us. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, whoever hears my sayings and does them, I will compare him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. 
The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was built on a rock. And everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be compared to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the flood came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. I want to point back to one particular thing there. He says uh, that he built on the sand. The second one built on the sand. Sand is broken up rocks. In fact, the ocean is what takes rocks and stuff and beats them and beats them. And finally, you get all the sand that's on the shore. They're tiny, tiny fragments of a rock. This verse is saying, don't just build on, you know, build on the rock, but don't just build on fragments of verses, a thought from a verse. These thoughts might be good, but the point of it is there's more to a promise of God than just a tiny little fragment. And you're Life is not built on a fragment here and a fragment here and a fragment here. It's built on the truth and the completeness of what God has to say. Quote the entire verse, quote the entire promise and find out what it has to say. And that's what changes your life. Today, we're going to talk about the power of the word of God mingled in with prayer. Praying not only in line with the word of God, but praying the scriptures is so important. In chapter two of Ephesians, Paul just amplified this so much when he actually prayed scripture. He took scripture and prayed it over those saints at Ephesus. So we can do the same thing. Not only can we just pray in line with the word of God, being in fellowship with God and, you know, being in line with the scriptures and having the love of God there, no unconfessed sin in our life. Those are things in line with the word of God, but there again, to actually take the scripture and pray it is powerful. That's the most powerful prayer you can pray is praying the word of God. Prayer is for fellowship with God and then also to change things. Prayer is speaking to God. Acts chapter nine and verse 11 says this, Ananias was the one that God chose and called on him to seek Saul of Tarsus, who was now uh, received Jesus as savior. Now the man that had been persecuting the church had received the Lord. And it says in Acts 9, 11, uh, the Lord said to Ananias, Ananias, inquire for Saul of Tarsus. Behold, he is praying. The word is our food, but prayer is the breath that we breathe. Pray without ceasing, be always open to God's leading. And this verse is simply saying that whenever we run into situation, prayer should be automatic. When we run into a difficult situation, Lord, I'm expecting you to show me. Prayer is not always begging God, it's simply getting in line with the word of God and praying as the prayer uh, would uh, come out with the word of God. In other words, pray without ceasing simply means this, in your times where you're talking to God, when you're communicating with him, to simply pray in line with the word of God is, Lord, you promised me in your word that when I came into situations and put my trust in you, you'd bring me out of that. So Father, this situation I'm in right now, you're gonna bring me out of it. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but you know what, I don't care. All I know is you promised that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, you're gonna deliver me out of them all. How often has Saul prayed before? God now is saying, basically, he's really praying. And so in that verse of scripture where he said, Ananias, inquire for Saul of Tarsus, he is praying. And for the first time ever, he's now praying as a Christian, he is praying as a believer and the promises that he's been raised on, which up until this time have not worked because he was not in relationship with me. Now he's praying those and it's working. One thing we can say about Saul of Tarsus was he knew the word of God. And now that he has met the author of the word of God, Jesus Christ himself,
Because in that prayer, he said, Lord, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus Christ that you persecuted. And so again, uh, God is simply saying, Paul is really praying at this time. Jesus called prayers of the unrighteous vain repetitions much speaking for no reason. This is exactly what Saul of Tarsus had done. If you didn't receive Jesus until later in your life, and perhaps you were a member of some congregation or a member of some religion, and you did a lot of speaking and talking to God, the Bible simply says here, if you don't have a relationship with God, you are just speaking vain repetitions. You're doing much speaking, Matthew chapter six and verse seven. Jesus told us not to be like them. That's Matthew six, eight. Not to be like them who pray with vain repetitions petitions and much speaking. So we want our prayers to count. And James chapter one and verse 22 says this, be doers of the word and not hearers only. One of the ways you can become a doer of the word is by praying the word, not just praying in line with the word, but praying the word, taking the scriptures out and wrapping your prayer around it. Lord, you promised me this, you said this, and I'm bringing this back not only to my remembrance, but putting it back in your remembrance, you said this. And that's why James 1.22 tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. We shouldn't just be going to church and hearing the word, not just, just listening to flash drives and CDs and taking it down, not just watching Bob on television and writing it down. We should be taking what we learn and applying it to our prayer and even quoting it in our prayer. Prayer is a major way of being a doer of the word of God. The word is our directory for prayer and out of the abundance of the heart, that's where the word is stored, we give out prayer, we give out promises, we give out our faith toward God. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the word is our directory for prayer. And what we have stored up inside of our heart, your word have I hid in my heart. That word in our heart, whenever we go to pray. In fact, here's the interesting thing. It's much like a computer. You can search for things. The Holy Spirit knows what's in your heart. The Holy Spirit knows what's been categorized down there, is in there. And whenever you start to go to the Lord in prayer, he can bring things back to your remembrance. And that's something you can apply in prayer. Here's the point. I could have read it right out of the word of God, but no, it was been in my heart all this time and the Holy Spirit brought it out and brought to me showing the Holy Spirit's even showing me here how I can have an answer to prayer. Pray in line with this scripture or even better, pray this scripture. Put God in remembrance of his word is part of prayer. Lord, you said this, not Bob. You said this, not our pastor. Our pastor quoted you, Bob quoted you, but here's the point, God. You're the one who said in the first place, Bob can't redeem me. Bob can't save me. My pastor can't save me, nor can my pastor redeem me. You did it. And Lord, Lord, you're the one that brought me the new birth. You're the one that brought me the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You're the one that brought me a relationship with you. So you're the one that says this and you can answer this prayer. I simply put my faith and trust in you and I'm gonna end this prayer in the name of Jesus with a great thanksgiving to you that you're already going to work on this. How does the word of God profit prayer? The word teaches us the importance of prayer. Most Christians pray very little. They offer many excuses for not praying. Many say they don't have time to pray. Oh, they're just too busy to pray. And Jesus was the busiest man ever living, yet he found time to pray. The synagogue was a place for teaching of the word of God, but the temple was called the house of prayer. Understand that they had a synagogue and they had a temple. In the synagogue, they taught the word of God in the temple. 
This was called the house of prayer. In our personal life, we need to have a synagogue and we need to have a temple. We need those times of teaching in the synagogue. And that can be, again, in the car, listening to a CD, flash drive, whatever you have. It could be watching a television program. It could be going to church. It could be taking notes. It could be you in a personal study time from a book. And you're reading the book and making underlining parts of it, making notes to yourself over here. You're studying the word of God. You're not reading the word of God. The Bible doesn't say read to show yourself approved. It says study to show yourself approved. So again, in our personal lives, we need a synagogue. That's the place, again, for the teaching of the word of God, but we also need a temple. And that temple is the place where we go to pray. Jesus went to the temple often to pray. So did his disciples in the opening of the book of Acts. Mark 14 and verse 38 says this, watch. The Greek word for watch means to be alert, to be expectant, to walking out there in expectancy, watch and pray. Be alert, expectant while you're praying, because why? The Holy Spirit can reveal things to you. God the Father can reveal things to you. The word of God can come to you. And it goes on to say there, and be alert, expect it, and pray why? So you won't enter into temptation. Boy, when you have a prayer life that's up there and filled with the word of God, temptation may come at you, but you're not going to enter into it. Philippians 4, 6, in every situation by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Every situation. How often do in every situation we try to think our way out of it? Why don't you try praying your way out of it and putting your faith and trust in God? See you right after the break. Hearing the Word of God and then doing the Word of God forms a foundation of solid rock in your life. Hearing the Word of God and then not doing it forms a foundation of shifting sand in your life. In these six lessons, Pastor Bob Yandian reveals that it is not just the hearing of the Word, but also the doing of the Word that brings blessing to your life. Based on Matthew 7, this series explains the importance of building your life on the strong foundation of God's Word. Hearing and doing the Word of God gives us power over sin, power in prayer, power to produce good works in our lives. The Holy Spirit brings holiness, stability, and power in our lives through the double-edged sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. To order Standing on the Rock, visit our website at bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Again, Mark 14, 38 says, watch and pray. The Greek word means be alert, be expected. This is a sentry watching over to protect the city. He's alert, he's expectant, watching for the enemy, watching for good things to come, watching for uh, in, uh, you know other uh, armies to come to protect. We can watch and be alert and pray so you won't enter into temptation. The more alert you stay as a Christian, the more you occupy yourself in prayer, temptation may come to you, but you're not gonna enter it. Philippians 4, 6, in every situation, by prayer and something. Notice this, every situation. You mean the good time and bad time? Oh yeah. In every situation, even the good times, enter into it with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Well, if something good's coming my way, why do I need to go to the Lord in prayer? Lord, this wonderful thing that happened to me, I pray right now for your power, I pray for your understanding, because I don't want this thing to get to me where I start to become dependent on me and not on you. Lord, thank you for bringing this into my life, and I praise you, because I could not have done it myself. You are the one who has supplied all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It says not only by prayer and supplication, but do it with thanksgiving. Thank the Lord for this wonderful thing that came my way. And I want you to know, Lord, I'm not only thankful to you, I'm thankful to you ahead of time. You're gonna watch over me, protect me. And this is one of many blessings yet to come to me. I'm gonna treat it right, share it, give some of it to other people, share it with you, and then live off the rest of it. Thank you for the blessings you've given into my life. Luke chapter 18 and verse seven says this, will not God avenge his own elect? who cry day and night unto him. Notice this, this doesn't mean you pray all the time throughout the day and throughout the night. It means some of your prayers come in the day. Some of you wake up during the night with things on your heart. You might enter an area of fear and you go, what's that fear there? The Lord begins to let you know you're interceding for someone else that's in the midst of a fearful situation. You might be praying for missionaries. You might be praying for other ministers. You might be praying for friends, but people, God will call you an intercession to stand with them. And it says this can happen throughout the day or throughout the night. So God will avenge his own elect who cry in the daytime, who cry in the nighttime, and they cry unto him. The word teaches us we do not always know how to pray. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, there still comes times when you run into a situation you don't even know where to begin. You don't know how you got into this situation. You don't know who started all the rumors about you. You don't know exactly how far they spread. You don't know which friends know it, which enemies know it. I mean, you are just ignorant right now and you don't even know where to pray and how to pray and where to begin in prayer. Well, Romans 8, 26 tells us this. We know not what we should pray for as we ought to or as we should, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings. This verse is talking about the indwelling Holy Spirit and his power. And the first thing that should start in you is praying in the spirit. And then as you're praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, sometimes this sensation where you become an intercessor, you're actually filling the place of someone else. You know what they're going through. You feel what they're going through. You have that sense in you of what's happening to them and you're sharing their grief with them. Truly, this is an intercessor. You are standing in the gap for someone else. And this verse says that you can pray that way. And so the way to begin when you don't know what to pray, when you don't even know where to begin, is start out praying in the Holy Spirit because the main purpose of praying in the Holy Spirit is to find the will of God. As you're praying, you don't know what the will of God is in that case, but you're praying and you simply open yourself up to the Holy Spirit to find out what God's answer is, what God's uh, way of directing you to pray is, and you can enter into that. We need the Holy Spirit's help by praying in tongues. 
The most powerful prayer you can pray is not praying in tongues, but praying the word. But praying in tongues can lead you to praying the word because by praying in tongues, scripture will start to come to you. Revelation of what the real problem really is. You've been in ignorance. You've been in the darkness for a while, but now that's beginning to dissipate as you prayed in the spirit. Revelation starts to come. And again, the most powerful prayer you can pray is not praying in tongues because when you pray in tongues, you're praying because you don't know how to pray. The best thing that happens is when praying in tongues reveals to you how to pray, and now you can pray the word of God, which is the most powerful prayer. The limitation of the human mind and even the written word are all overcome by praying, first of all, in the spirit. Now, in many cases, you know how to pray. In fact, I must say the longer you're a Christian, the more the word you know, you do know how to pray, but there's always going to be those times when you don't know squat what to start with. You don't know how this thing came about. All you know is you've got a burden in your heart to pray. Start out praying in the spirit. We need to ask the Lord, as the disciples did, Lord, teach us to pray. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. The word teaches us the surety of answered prayer if prayed in faith. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given you. That's asking in faith, not asking, hoping, wishing. Lord, if it be your will, that's one thing to negate a prayer, not to make it work. When you pray, Lord, ask it this way, ask and it shall be given when you have scripture to stand on, when you're assured of the will of God and you find it in scripture. In other words, before you go to prayer over a situation, find scriptures that ad that adhere to that problem. Find scriptures that give you deliverance from that problem and that's what you need to pray for. Using scripture, much like bullets in a gun, if you just start praying without asking and finding out what the need is and how to start praying, it's like having an empty gun. You need to put those bullets in there that are the right thing and aim it toward the problem. So there's the Bible is filled with bullets. The Bible is filled with ammunition and you pray that prayer and you shoot it in faith and it will bring answers to you. Matthew 18, 19, if two will agree on earth is touching anything they shall ask, it shall be given to them by my father. That anything is anything in line with the word of God. What am I saying? If you know the word of God, you can ask for anything. If you know that what you're praying for is found in the word of God, you have full assurance it's going to be given to you by your father. That's why it's important to know the word of God. And that's why it's important that before you pray, you go search out the word of God. Mark chapter 11, verse 24, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Whatever things you desire when you pray, pray the word over that desire. What's your desire? Well, what's the scripture that attaches itself to that desire that promises you the answer? 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, here's the key, according to his will, you know the word. If you don't know the word on this subject, you search it out. And there's so many great search engines today where you can just plug in a problem and it will take you to scriptures that deal with that particular issue. This is the confidence we have in him. You know what confidence is? It's faith. This is my faith that I have in him, that if I ask anything according to his will found in the word of God, he hears me. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petition that we desired of him. Good Lord, that's good stuff, isn't it? All God's saying is knowledge of the word of God is the key to everything, including your prayer life. 
The word teaches us the goal of prayer. James 4, 3, you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss, that you may consume it on your own lusts. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to reveal our hidden sins. Psalm 19, 12, cleanse me from my secret faults. Lord, I don't even know what faults I've got, but Lord, you do reveal them to me. Did I say something wrong to somebody and then I need to ask for forgiveness? Uh, did I fly off the handle at somebody and accuse him of something that I really didn't know was right or wrong? Well, we need the help of the Holy Spirit to reveal our hidden sins. And again, Psalm 19, 12, cleanse me from my secret faults. So he's saying here, if it's a secret, I don't even know what it is, but Lord, reveal to me those things I have done. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, I come to you, and Lord, I'm still human. There may be things right now that I don't know that's, I, that's in my heart, that's in my thoughts. Lord, if there's any wicked way in me, and I'm not dealing with it, Lord, tell me right now, and I'm gonna for, ask you for forgiveness. I'm gonna repent of that, and then you could lead me in the way that is everlasting. Psalm 51 and verse six, behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, not the outward life. You desire what backs it up, and that's the motives behind the act. Lord, you desire truth in the inward parts, in my motives. In the hidden part, you shall make me to know wisdom. Good Lord, this Bible is filled with stuff here. That God wants your prayer to be so successful. He'll say, listen, is there anything wrong? Ask me, I'll show you. You may not know it, so don't get this you know, big thing in your head. I don't think I've done anything wrong. I can't think of anything I've done wrong. Ask God first. Lord, would you reveal something in me? And Lord, when I get that right, then I'll know that I know that I know that I have the thing I desire of you when I pray according to your word. The greatest use of prayer is to be a blessing to other people. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Our forgiveness should lead us to forgiving others. When we ask God to forgive us, we should stop and think about this. Have I forgiven others? Just like God just now forgave me totally, I can forgive others. Our forgiveness, again, should lead us to forgiving others. Healing should lead us to, to praying for others to be healed. When God prospers us in life with natural blessings, spiritual blessings, we should be led to start giving them into the lives of other people. Again, God blesses us to be a blessing to other people. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them who are in trouble by the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted of God. When God comforts us, look at that and say, God comforted me and I didn't even deserve it, but he still comforted me. I need to start comforting others in their tribulation, whether they deserve it or not. It's my responsibility to go to them and simply tell them, can I stand with you in anything? In fact, we have friends and oftentimes those friends will contact me. They'll text me, they'll call me, whatever, and say, is there anything you're going through right now that I can pray for you for? Thank you for doing that. Most of the time it's no, but you know what? Sometimes it's yes. And so again, the word teaches us these things, but also teaches us different types of prayer. Not all prayer is the same. 
We're told in 1 Timothy 2, 1, there's supplications, there's prayers, there's intercessions, and there's also giving thanks. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 15 says, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. So some of God's promises are general rather than specific, and some are conditional. Others are unconditional. Some are fulfilled in this life, others in the world to come. And the world teaches us our position in prayer. God is powerful. In ourselves, we're powerless. Arrogance has no place in prayer. We come before God in full and complete submission to him. Even Jesus prayed, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Hebrews 4, 6, come boldly before the throne of grace. Notice that we can approach God's grace boldly. Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near with a true heart. And Zephaniah chapter two and verse three says, seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth. Well, thank God for prayer and thank God for faith in prayer. Thank God for the Holy Spirit and prayer. Thank God for the promises and prayer, all the things we've covered through this week. And it comes back to this, God answers prayer for one great reason, he loves us. Not only did he love us enough to save us, but to also meet our needs after we are born again. Have a good day, see you next week. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.